0: We are ready to go for another edition of Midday on the Rural Radio Network with information for you, and we're going to just pack it full of good stuff today, not the least of which is the fact that we're going to give you advice about not getting yourself overworked in this kind of heat. And it is all over the place, and not only you, but everything that you own and are responsible for, the oldsters, the youngsters, the livestock, you, everything, make sure that you are aware of what you need to do to stay cool and healthy today. I'm Dirk Christensen, and Jesse Harding is over here with some Ag Headlines for us.
1: And we're going to specifically touch on your livestock at the county fair. Now that we're well into county fair season during this heat this week, Susan Littlefield's going to provide us a little bit about handling your livestock during this heat event this week. Also, continuing story on dicamba, and Missouri on Friday did a stop sale use or removal order about dicamba. It's temporary. They say we'll talk about that, and we're still unsure about what the issue is with dicamba, whether it's strictly the product if producers are not applying it correctly the way they should be so they're looking into it but they did do a temporary stop sale on dicamba in missouri so we'll get an update from the director of agriculture at the 1213 for missouri for the 1219 dewey nelson is joined with jason ladman he's the director of water street solutions their topic this tuesday is what to consider around purchasing rented ground for the newsmaker i am joined with beth Beth Janning. She's a UNL Extension Educator at the Raising Nebraska Building. We discuss Commodity Carnival being back again this year in Nebraska at several different locations. Most of them are county fairs. That will be at State Fair. It will also be at Exarbon. And Commodity Carnival is a game that you can play. It is hosted in part with the National 4-H and also the CME group. So we'll discuss what that program looks like and where you can be able to see that at this summer. For the 117, I am joined with Tom Schwartz of Schwartz Family Farm. They're located near Bertrand. They're in an organic operation. So we discuss them being organic. They have a greenhouse. They do some other things as well. And how they have similarities to conventional agriculture. They still deal with the weather. They're dealing with herbicide resistance as well. So we'll talk about them being organic and how they do compare to conventional agriculture practices.
0: All right, Jess, we'll look forward to all of that. Jason Jorgensen, wow, your rookie did school him last night, didn't he? yeah
2: guilty as charged it's, uh, mr judge who put on a performance last night
0: here come the judge yeah not often does a guy
2: live up to the hype uh-huh. He did. He did last night. Yeah, that's for sure. You're those, young
0: enough not to know uh, how how not to.
2: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> with those 500 foot home runs. Oh, the All Star nice. game is tonight. It does not determine a home field advantage in the World Series anymore. They got rid of that goofy right. rule. Now each guy in the winning team picks up 20 grand. Losers oh. don't get a thing. So we're wow. playing for benjamins tonight There's. in Miami. Also, we'll touch on Wimbledon. Uh, the rain continues to give them some fits, and there's a new guy in charge of the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Okay, we'll look forward to all that. By the way, I'll take 20 grand for. Yeah, we'll I'd go play that for 20 grand. Sure. Would.
3: Uh, Bob Brogan, what do you have in business? Stocks are lower in midday trading on Wall Street, led by declines in banks. A lot of folks are probably watching as uh, Cabela's shareholders have approved selling that firm to rival Bass Pro. That's a big deal for the Midwest. Also, uh, a longtime Senate Republican, Iowa Senator Charles Grassley, pessimistic that GOP senators will push a health care bill through the chamber.
0: All these stories and more coming up for you today on Midday. Well, Paul Perkins, looks like we've got the old double H working against us today.
3: Yeah, hot and humid, or you want to say H&M, hot and muggy, but and muggy. Or steamy, whatever you want to call it there. Well, none of it is all that good. <laughs> Let's
0: see what we have for you here on our Ag Weather with Paul brought to you by Coolman Repair.
3: Already off to a pretty good start with the heat over much of northern Kansas, or much of Kansas, and into extreme southern Nebraska already. Some temperatures into the upper 80s to low 90s, 91 at Colby and Holyoke, we're already to 89 at Hebron this morning and 88 at Beatrice. That compares still with some upper 70s underneath a little bit of cloud cover on into Broken Bow and Ord, thanks to a little bit of light rain moving through this morning. But low pressure over northwest Kansas, pumping up that hot, muggy air from the south today. Today looks to be our hottest day of the week as that heat and humidity team up to make it feel as hot as the mid-100s. And we do have a heat advisory in effect for southern Nebraska on into much of northern Kansas. A Long and south of I 80 on into northern Kansas. We could see those heat index readings once again into the mid 100s. Make sure you do take precautions today to uh, not be overcome with heat ex- exhaustion or heat stroke. Scattered thunderstorms are expected to be possible later today. A few of those storms may be severe late in the day into tonight. Not expecting a big outbreak of severe weather. The bigger outbreak of severe weather are going to be on into Minnesota and Wisconsin. Temperatures tomorrow not as hot as the front drops through the region and then stalls over northern Kansas. And tomorrow through Thursday, that front will be the focus for some thunderstorms and actually offer. One of our better chances that we've seen for rain in several days. Some of those storms once again could, could be severe and may actually produce some locally heavy rain. We had some fairly nice rainfall totals last night, including up to about an inch in the third in northeast Nebraska towards Elgin and several other places, about fifth, a half an inch to 60 hundredths, mainly, though, across northern Nebraska. Now, late in the week and weekend, that ridge of high pressure. High pressure starts to rebuild over the Rockies and Plains. A few thunderstorm chances may ride up and over that ridge. As we head towards Friday, conditions will be mainly dry for the weekend with temperatures slightly warmer than normal. Now in the long-term forecast, that ridge of high pressure firmly locks itself in place over the northwest and north central U.S., and that will lead to a high likelihood of warmer than normal temperatures in Nebraska, Kansas, and pretty much all of the U.S. Sunday through July 24th. That high-pressure ridge also means a very good chance of below normal rainfall in Nebraska, Kansas, and the central U.S. Sunday through the 24th. Weather factors in the market include a threat of crop-stressing heat in the western Midwest and very little rain across the northern plains. Periods of rain... And thunderstorms will continue to impact the eastern half of the U.S. from the Midwest into the northeast and also the Gulf Coast. Just some spotty rain is forecast for the plains with the most significant rain in the eastern areas or to the east of areas experiencing dryness or drought. Topsoil moisture in Nebraska right now ranked 65 percent very short to short along with 60 percent in Iowa and make that 40 percent in Iowa and 38 percent very short to short in Illinois. More of a soaking rain is needed across the Dakotas and Montana, where more than half the pastures right now are rated very poor to poor. More than two thirds of the South Dakota spring wheat are currently rated very poor to poor. Minnesota and Iowa crops currently in the good to excellent condition, but some drier and hotter conditions are expected in the six to ten day period. It's been wet in the eastern Midwest, but also may turn drier and hotter with time. Rain associated with the monsoon circulation of moisture out of the Southwest. Could begin to spread across the central plains in the second half of this week as that moisture rides up and over that high pressure ridge. So it'll kind of get wrung out as it rides up and over that high pressure ridge. Late in the week, though, dry weather will be confined to the southern plains and the northern plains. Northeast China looks to be hot and dry this next week to ten days where rain is needed for the filling of their crops. Major Australia wheat areas continue to be dry, with very little meaningful rainfall expected the balance of so this week. Just
0: about every place on the map, no matter how far you zoom out, looks like they could use a little bit of moisture.
3: Yeah, about the only area that's really getting the lion's share of it, once again, is that eastern Midwest. And that may actually change with this high-pressure ridge next week. All right. And,
0: uh, yeah, it is hot today. I know it's tempting to just say, oh, it's not that bad. I'm going to tell you right now, it is that bad, and your body has a breaking point, and so do your cattle, so does your family.
3: Exactly. Just drink plenty of water, get plenty of breaks, and, of course, end the shade because, yeah, before you know it, it could be too late. Yeah, absolutely. And when you need weather, anytime. KRBN.com.
1: At agriculture information on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Jessie Harding. On Friday, the Missouri Department of Agriculture issued a stop sale use or removal order on all products labeled for agricultural use that contains dicamba in Missouri. Dr. Chris, Director Chris Chin, discusses the reason behind the pause. So in 2016, we only had 137 complaints by the end
4: of the year. And um, this year we're already up to 145 and we are just in July. And so it's, you know, our numbers are increasing. Uh, the other states are seeing their numbers increase as well. So that's, you know, alarming to us that we are seeing this this year. Um, and so that's part of the reason that we made our temporary pause. Um, it's not a complete ban, it's just a pause on the technology till we can get some
1: additional requirements on that label to help help make this product more effective. Director Chin emphasized that this was only a temporary measure to work with companies who sell the product to find the workable solution. More on this story can be found by visiting RollRadio.com. And the fairs go on. No matter what the thermometer says, one extension educator is ready to tackle the heat and the fair. Susan Littlefield has more. As county fairs take place throughout
5: our listing area, you can guarantee your county extension educator has a plan to deal with the heat. Steve Pritchard, UNL extension educator, not only for Boone, but for Nance County. He said the warm temperatures have them prepared to keep livestock and kids cool.
6: Well, at the fair this week, and particularly with the hot temperatures and the humidity levels, if you walk through the livestock barns, we're very fortunate. Yes, they're not the, maybe the state-of-the-art facilities, but some of the designs on our... Uh all facilities here allows for good air movement through there. Uh, if you look down through the, the pens or cattle or sheep hogs or goats, uh, we try to maintain, make sure there is water in those pens. Uh, the cattle are, are watered. A lot of them will have some air movement or fans blowing on the livestock while they are at fair this, this week in extreme temperatures.
5: And Pritchard said that includes taking livestock to the wash racks a lot more frequently. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
1: IGP Institute at Kansas State University has joined up with the Kansas Grain Sorghum Commission to offer grain transportation courses free of charge. The first offering geared for farmers and others who are interested in grain transportation will be on September 6th in Garden City, Kansas. The training We'll cover topics including Kansas Rail and Container Transportation Systems, Union Pacific Railroad, and Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railway System overviews, and the future outlook. Speakers of the IGP Institute, UP, and BNSF will be present during the half-day program. The second class is planned for September 7th through the 8th at the Institute in Manhattan. The training will feature topics covering Kansas Rail and Container Transportation Systems, Container Logistics, Export Documents, in counterparty risk and non-vessel operating common carriers. In addition to courtroom discuss classroom discussions and presentations, a tour at the DeLong Company container facility in will be included. More information about this opportunity can be found by visiting RollRadio.com. In Fort Nebraska, Angus producers attended the 10th Annual Beef Leaders Institute, which was held June 19th through the 23rd, a complete pasture-to-plate experience for young leaders in the Angus industry that explores quality genetics, performance programs, and genomic tests technology. More on that can be found by visiting RollRadio.com. For the Roll Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding.
7: Today,
6: on our program, we talk with Jason Ladman, Director with Water Street Solutions. Time to consider what happens when you purchase rented ground. What are some of the things we need to consider, Jason?
8: Well, here's one thing we know for sure, Dewey, and that's every day we're on this earth, we're one day older. And, you know, as we've talked many times before, there's many folks that are getting up in years that own land, and and that's great. But one thing to keep in mind is that it's going to be a change in demographics uh, and, and leading to a beginning of what I would consider a shift of land ownership, where quite a bit of land is going to be changing hands over the course of the next few years. And the reason I say that is our advisors have been hearing more of this more frequently about situations where a farm leader is having to make a decision around whether or not to purchase a piece of ground That they're already currently renting. And it's not necessarily an ideal scenario because you're increasing your cost to farm that ground while your revenue virtually stays the same. Now, there's different reasons for this happening. It might be that an elderly landlord's health is rapidly declining, and you might know from the heirs that at one point in time, this ground is going to be selling. Uh, And the current tenant may have first claim on whether to buy the ground or not. And there could be another scenario where a landlord has just recently passed away and the land has transferred to that next generation. And for specific financial reasons, they're really more interested in selling that ground than retaining it in the family. But overall, no matter the situation, land is an emotional topic for most farmers. And if we're not intentional about looking at our farm's numbers and analyzing the potential purchase carefully, it can be very easy to jump into an emotionally driven decision.
6: How can we make good decisions about rented ground?
8: Take some time to work through these steps. So, first, get together with an ag finance specialist to run feasibility studies for each scenario that you're considering. Now, I'm going to give you the three that you should consider. Run the feasibility of what profitability you experience over all your rented acres. The second one would be to run a scenario of how a land purchase would affect your operation versus continuing to rent that piece of property. And the third scenario would be: what if you just gave up this piece of ground altogether? And once you have those results, those results, excuse me, mash them together with your advisor for their perspective and their ideas, and then get a sense of the total impact so you can make a good decision. Once you've performed that groundwork and you're considering the purchase of this ground, you're going to need to determine how this purchase will impact your working capital and your equity. So purchasing ground that you're already renting means that you're not farming any additional acres or bringing in additional revenue, but you're probably, you'll probably you probably be taking on a new loan payment, more than likely. And that payment is typically substantially higher than the cost of cash renting the ground on an annual basis. And in the short term, your working capital is going to experience a hit and your cash flow situation may be negatively affected as as well. Your current equity will not change, but your equity percentage is going to go down.
6: Jason, what else do we need to think about?
8: Well, consider the current profitability of the ground in question. So how profitable is that piece of rented ground currently? And what would the impact be if you were to lose those acres? By asking yourself these questions, you can help determine whether that particular ground is even worth keeping and even worth analyzing. And keep your expectations realistic. Remember that if you decide to purchase the ground, it probably won't have an immediate positive impact on your financial situation. So in the end, I encourage you to think through your farm's current financial situation along with your goals and work with an ag finance advisor to determine the financial impact to your operation on any decision that you're about to make.
6: If you have any questions about this or any other topic, go to waterstreet.org or call 866-249-2528.
0: You're listening to Midday on the Rural Radio Network, and it's time to check sports with Jason Jorgenden. Hey, thanks, Jerk. Well, Aaron Judge didn't disappoint last
2: night in Miami as the New York outfielder certainly put on a show. He took the home run derby championship after entering the All-Star break as a major league leader in round trippers. He concluded his majestic performance by downing Twins third baseman Miguel Sano in the final 11-10. He did it still with almost 2 minutes left on the clock when he hit his derby clinching bomb. And he says he just went out and tried to have a good time.
9: I had no pressure going into it. Like like you said I'm a rookie this is my first time doing it. You know, I got for me I got no expectations. I'm just going to go in there, have some fun and uh, see what we can see what we could do tonight and um it was it was a blast. I enjoyed every minute of it.
2: Judge is now the fourth Yankee to win the Derby. Now, the American League can pull even in tonight's All-Star Game. If the AL wins, it would be the fifth straight time it's topped the National League. A win would also, not the all-time series at 43-43 and 43 with two ties. And for the first time since that wacky tie in 2002, the league that wins the All-Star Game won't get home field advantage in the World Series. Instead, that will go to the pennant winner with the best record. So what's tonight's game worth? It's worth money. The players on the winning side each get a $20,000 bonus. For the losing side, they pick up nothing. The Chiefs have promoted Brett Veach to general manager a decade after he served as an assistant under their current head coach, Andy Reed back in Philadelphia. Veach had been serving as the Chiefs' co-director of player personnel. He takes over for John Dorsey, who was surprisingly let go two weeks ago after helping to turn the team around. Well, this weekend, the UNK softball team of 1999 will be honored by the RMAC as the team will go into that league's Hall of Fame. That year, UNK went 39-4 and and they were 22-0 and in league action. This team is the first softball squad in conference history to be inducted into the hall. They will be honored this weekend in Colorado Springs. And Venus Williams has reached the semis at Wimbledon for the 10th time. The five-time champion advanced to the last four for the second year in a row under a closed roof at center court. It has been raining on and off for most of the day in that area that is a look at sports have a great day i'm jason jorgensen stay tuned more midday is just ahead you are listening to the rural radio network
9: well mostly sunny today and hot with a high near 100 south winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour for tonight, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly between 8 and 1 a.m., mostly cloudy with low of around 70. And then for Wednesday, a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after one, partly sunny and cooler high, near 90 west winds at 5 to 10. From the KRVN News Center, I'm Scott Foster. Mother Nature isn't giving a break to those who work outside, so staying hydrated is important. KRVN correspondent Susan Littlefield has more.
5: With heat indexes across our listing area to reach anywhere from the upper 90s into the 100s, it's important for our producers and those that work outside to stay hydrated. Dr. Gerald Leckie is a family practitioner at Butler County Clinic in David City, Nebraska.
7: Well, it's very important to prevent heat exhaustion. What happens is when you get dehydrated, your blood pressure drops down, you start getting lightheaded. If you stop sweating, that's a concern that you need to to stop doing what you're doing. Uh, get out of the sun, start drinking some water, and let yourself kind of recover. Uh, if, you, if you don't, you could end up basically passing out just because of low blood pressure and some electrolyte disturbances. So uh, it is important to listen to what your body is telling you and try to uh, uh, respond appropriately.
5: And Dr. Lucky reminds us, as warm as it's going to be over the next couple of days and the amount that you're going to sweat, you've got to drink on minimum between 10 and 12 8-ounce glasses of water a day and stay away from those sugary drinks. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
9: Thanks, Susan. This weekend at UNK at the Nebraskan Student Union, there will be a conference of the Nebraska Country School Association. Linda Thomas from the NCSA talks about the purpose of the two-day event.
4: The purpose behind it is to help foster a deeper understanding and appreciation of the country school experience. So anybody who's interested in sharing ideas or memories or resources, um, this would be a good place for them to come.
9: There will be speakers talking about the Orphan Grain Train, the Blizzard of 1888, the Dust Bowl, one-room schoolhouses, and so much more. For more information, go to org. Cabela's shareholders have approved selling the outdoor outfitter to rival Bass Pros for roughly $4 billion. The Nebraska-based chain said Tuesday that shareholders had voted for the deal that will pay them $61.50 per share. A Lincoln resident barred from letting some plants in his garden grow to their full height says the city system of yard policing needs significant reform. Bob Kozelka says Lincoln's system of regulating what homeowners can grow in their own yards needs an update because it can be based on aesthetics rather than health and safety. Get your news fast and first when you like our Facebook page. and the K R V A News Center, I'm Scott Foster.
1: As county fair season kicks off, another unique opportunity will be available to some fairgoers this summer. For the Roll Radio Network, I'm Jossie Harding. With me is Beth Janning. She is a University of Nebraska-Lincoln Extension educator at the Raising Nebraska Building here to talk to us about the Commodity Carnival. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of that and how this is a partnership with 4-H and the CME Group? Yeah,
4: so this is... A program that's been going on this is the fifth year of the commodity carnival and so with 4-H being America's largest youth development organization and the CME group is the world's leading futures exchange they group together and are allowing this program to be in eight states and Nebraska is one of these states.
1: What does this program look like that those participating county fairs and state fair are able to do? Yeah so the commodity carnival is allowing our youth
4: to have an understanding of what our producers or our farmers do in raising our livestock. This year the animal is a steer and so when the participants or those that are engaging in the carnival, the commodity carnival, they are going to act as if they are raising a steer. And so from a part of this, they go through um, an egg of that they have to fill, and they fill it with corn because that's what we feed um, the steer. And so from filling it up with feed in addition to some jewels that we put in, allowing them to understand that we have health costs that go into producing our cattle, going into um, another jewel for energy, such as the lights or um, any of the facility costs that you have, um, and also the health costs that you have raising an animal. So once they raise their steer they are able to weigh it. Um, and so from weighing it, they're able to find out what their break-even price is. And part of this is them understanding that when our farmers start raising that that livestock or that animal, they do not know what that bottom price is or that ending price will be at the end. And so our youth are able to experience that through a fun little game. And then once the moment that they find out how much their animal weighs and what their break-even price is, they get a little Plinko chip. And then there is a Plinko board that they drop the Plinko chip down, and it hits the different pegs. And those pegs represent the different risk elements that our farmers deal with, whether it's bugs, bad weather, news, um, any seasonal demands, and how that Plinko chip Um, moves around the board, and then ends up in a landing price. And so that youth will then find out whether or not they made money, they lost money, or did they just break even. And trying to simulate in a fun educational way for our youth to understand what our farmers go through. Um, And so it's a fun little interactive deal. The other fun part about it is that we are, um, the counties that are hosting it, are working with teams to be able to teach others and so one of the 4-H youth models is having our youth team leaders be able to work with others and help spread the education.
1: What have you seen thus far having this commodity carnival at county fairs, at state fair, the response that youth have to it? It has been
4: a lot of fun. Um, A lot of the time the The people that come through, they see the hats that the kids are walking away with. um, That kind of makes people go, what is going on over here? And so it's bringing them in um, to see it, but it's also starting that conversation of what does it take for our uh, farmers and ranchers to produce our our livestock and our food? A lot of people, they may have an idea that our, our meat comes from these animals, but there is the question of what does it really take? What do you do on your farm and ranch? And so allowing for these teams to be able to talk about what they do, what they do as a part of it, and allowing that face-to-face connection to start to represent what um, where your food comes from and what we do and how we do it the best that we can to produce, to produce the best product. And so the other fun part about it is when you're watching those teens teach, when they start their session, a lot of the times they're pretty timid and pretty quiet. And by the end, they've got the the spiel down of saying of what they need to say and how they are able to portray it. Um, and so the other fun part about it is that were able to have youth that maybe didn't quite have the, a strong of agriculture background. Maybe they were in 4H in a different, um, in a different program, but allowing them to still have that opportunity and those leadership pieces when they're paired up with a 4H her that was a part of the livestock um, animal science programs.
1: So when it comes to different locations this year, if someone is interested in attending, what counties are going to be offering it?
4: Yeah, so we have quite a few still coming up. And so they can either visit the Dawson County Fair, the Adams County Fair, Scott's Bluff County Fair, Dodge County, York County, and Seward County. Um, Those are the ones that are up. And then it will also be at the Nebraska State Fair and at the Exarbin Stock Show.
1: If someone wants to look for those specific dates at each of those locations, what's the best avenue for people to go to?
4: I would contact their local county
1: um, office. Um, they should all have those county fair information and dates. We've been talking with Beth Janning. She's a UNL Extension educator out of the Raising Nebraska building discussing Commodity Carnival that is once again back in Nebraska. For the Royal Radio Network, I'm Jessie Harding.
6: Next up, Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities. Joe, tell us more about livestock futures and the rebound we saw, especially in cattle.
7: Yeah, pretty good rebound. Uh, I think uh, the fact that we, used, we uh, saw any cattle that traded yesterday just a little bit better, and I think that brought some hope that uh, we're going to see uh, uh, a little bit more aggressive uh, stance by the uh, Packers. The uh, market uh, really had a nice nice rally, triple digit gains, both feeders and fats, and uh, so uh, a very positive uh, close, uh, call it even a turnaround Tuesday, uh, if you will, but uh, uh, overall, uh, a, a pretty decent day, uh, now the question will be, is the cash uh, the one that's going to uh, lead us out of here or uh, not? the cutouts were lower again at noon but that didn't seem to make any difference uh to uh, the buying that showed up in the market so pretty good uh, uh trade in the cattle over the hogs uh, uh, an interesting late trade uh, the back end of the hogs uh, came under some pretty good pressure the front end still uh, holding together cash still looks uh firm uh, uh still discount to the index and uh just uh, a few more days left in the July contract uh, and it did close higher along with the August but the rest of the months uh, like I said came under some uh, interesting pressure got out to were higher at noon um, so uh, uh, I might just attribute most of it to bull spreading out of the uh, out of the hogs.
6: Thanks Joe Joe teal can be reached at Great Plains Commodities 800. 800- 328 Dewey Nelson reporting Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network Is weather still the most important factor regarding the markets? Let's find out We're joined by John Payne Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain Is that so?
10: i think so i mean, I think the theme right now is going to be weather for the next two to three weeks I think the crop progress reports yesterday showed just the crop is being late you know silking is behind uh... emergence on soybeans is behind so that that kind of pushes these pollination dates out maybe the end of july for a lot of folks i know there's some tasseling going on out your way and i imagine there's going to be some stress shown uh... over the next week or so as rains aren't in the forecast price should reflect that but right now we're you know, fund managers just looking at Wazi tomorrow. They got a little bit of bearish news from, uh, from CONAB this morning. The Brazilian bean crop up around 114, uh, million metric tons. Corn, you know, record crops there. So, uh, there's plenty of grain in South America right now. Uh, and that probably limits, I think it's more limits our upside than, than affects price right now. But at this point, it's weather.
6: And at the same time, we have built, built in so much of a weather premium, we wonder how far more we can go.
10: I, I think. We we have more to go. Uh, you know the price action this morning. We were down say sub 1025. I thought maybe this was it. You know, we had bullish news last night, but uh, the market just came right back. And I, I just I'm gonna speak a little bit frankly here from a lot of the guys. The way the brokers think in, in a way is like the margin calls haven't hit in yet, and that's what I'm waiting for. And that's really if you're a producer from the from the soybean side. Um, you 'll feel those margin calls come there'll be real sharp moves especially as we get above 1050 and then there's maybe a quick push to eleven the end at that point I think that 's when you got to look at, at hedging probably look at 2018 you know you can you can try to jump on this 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 bull so to speak and then try to ride this market out and trade it it 's a very difficult thing to do given the weather and we, we got a rain last night that kind of popped up out of nowhere those kind of events are impossible to predict and, and they can be very frustrating to trade but from a deferred contract standpoint you 're looking at corn for a year from now, uh, December, trading a brown 4.30, and beans for a year from now above $10. I mean, if you're going to push corn next year and go back heavy corn, I think I'd get something on that would establish a floor, uh, or just a position on the bearish side, so if this thing breaks, you have something on, uh, even if it's not in this crop year.
6: And wheat was a positive sign, maybe?
10: Yeah, I think wheat, tomorrow's a big day for wheat, the crop report, the USDA, report won't be that big of a deal in my opinion for corner beans but for wheat we're going to get some some news on what the final yields will be uh what they're going to talk about as far as uh, demand goes and you know the spring wheat it'll be interesting to see how low they go it's it's a disaster up there as everybody knows
6: john payne senior marketing advisor daniels ag marketing in chicago go to danielsagmarketing.com dewey nelson on the Rural radio network